Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edge Hill. We're gonna need a bigger boat. Or just blow the thing up. So, here's to swimming with bow-legged women. Smile, you son of a Because today we're bringing you... Jaws. Jaws. And we don't have any guests. It's just it's you and just me. It's just you and me. Oh, man. How you been, buddy? It's been a while. It's been a long time. I mean, sort of. Like, you and I talk constantly. But, but like, like, for the podcast, the last time yeah. we just had a conversation, it's been it's since like before the, Harry Potter. It was like the Lego movie, wasn't it? I think so. I think so. That's forever ago. Yeah, the Lego movie was a while ago. Yeah, oh, gosh. Uh, anyway, so we're talking about Jaws today. I'm so excited 1975, for 1975, man. This is the second oldest movie we've ever reviewed. Is it really? How old is it? It was released June 20th, 1975, which was 15,677 days ago Good as Lord. of this recording. Good Lord. 15,000 yeah. days. Yeah. A lot of days. A lot yeah. of days. A lot? Uh, a lot. A whole lot. It had a $9 million budget, uh, but that's okay. They did made it, it did back. Did it make it back? It made it back. It made $470.6 million worldwide. About half of that was domestic. Half of that was overseas. That's the highest ever in 1975. Yeah, for like two years. Yeah. After uh, Wait, what beat it? Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Star <laughs> in 1977. Star Wars. Yeah, the, A New Hope. Uh did people like Jaws? Oh, what do you? People loved Jaws. It got a 97% critic rating and a 90% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which I'm surprised audiences don't like it more. But I, I think as uh, somebody who watched this in 2018, I've seen it before, but I'm not so well versed in Jaws that I feel like, like I know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not like no. Forrest Gump with me, where I'm like, I've seen Forrest Gump a gajillion times. I've seen at least most of Jaws. Probably 50 to 75 times. And it's not even like a movie. I, if, if you'd asked me what my favorite movies are, it wouldn't have even come in the conversation. It's just like every time Jaws has ever been on TV, my dad's like, I mean, I guess I could watch Jaws. Same with Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, but it's mostly Jaws. I've never seen Psycho, but I've seen the birds. Bird? Birds? The birds, yeah. Birds is a good one. That's another one. Seen the birds. Um, the I TV wanna... channels that my dad watches like to play a lot of Alfred Hitchcock movies. They also like to play Jaws over and over and over again every Saturday and Sunday all summer. Every I year. I just love Jaws. And I, yeah, so do TV stations. And anyway, so I've seen Jaws <laughs> a bunch. And so to kind of, I had to I had to break it down and break it apart this time. And that was interesting for me. It's something I hadn't really done before. Uh, but it is, it, it did do very well on Rotten Tomatoes. It's tied for the best movie we reviewed so far on with Rotten what? Tomatoes. With uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail and Black Panther. They're both got a 97% critic rating. We've never done a 100? We have not done a 100. Wild. Wild. Do you think the kaiju monster in Jaws is better than the iceberg? Uh, Jaws is not a kaiju movie. I mean, it kind of is. It's no, about it's a giant not. monster. It's not about a giant monster. It's 25 feet long. That's not, Three, kai that's not kaiju scale. 3,000 pounds. Or no, 3 tons. 6,000 pounds of, of monster. That's not kaiju, man. This is just a regular. Don't. It's like it, it, calling this a kaiju movie is not fair to Jaws because kaiju movies are generally kind of stupid. Correct. And this is not stupid. And this is not stupid. But it's also not fair to kaiju movies because, like, then you're telling every kaiju movie, oh, it has to stand up to Jaws. It's definitely not going to happen. Yeah. So it's like, this is just, this is a, I don't even know what you call it, a, a disaster movie. This is a, a, a thriller, a horror movie. I think it was listed as AFI's scariest movie of all time. It's it not that scary. It's not that scary. Uh, I think the reason it's it's not scary is because of Shark Week, though. In that, like, I know now. Like, I feel like before Jaws. Are you saying that that we as Americans are a little bit inundated with shark knowledge about how they're really not that dangerous? <laughs> 
Yeah, and how, like, pretty much if you just leave them alone, they won't kill you. The truth is, like, this summer I got the opportunity to fish for sharks, which is a totally ethical thing to do. To talk it's about sharking. It's You've a, been shark no, fishing. No, I was not sharking. I was not, like, cutting fins. I was just catching sharks and throwing them back. I don't think Quint was cutting fins off either. He was in the movie? Yeah. I mean, he was, like, pulling their jaws out. I mean, I imagine, yeah, he... he but he probably sold the whole shark. Right. But anyway, we weren't selling Quint the Quint seemed sharks. to have a respect for the shark. Yeah. Whereas, like, shark poachers do not. That's a big thing. Right. Because they cut the and fins off and throw the finless sharks back. Yeah. And then the Megalodon eats yeah. them. Or eats the people. The Meg. Man, that movie was a blatant ripoff of this movie. I mean, everybody knew that before, but, like, wow. But, yeah, Shark Week. Uh, it, It's created this, like, shark culture, at least in the States. Well, like, the cool thing about sharks is that, like, when you go to the beach, they're there. Like, there's no escaping them they're in the water with you yeah not far away yeah like when when i went shark fishing we were not 200 yards from the beach where my beach house was catching sharks yeah like they're right there and like you're like if you go in the ocean there will be sharks nearby but they do not care like if they wanted to eat people they would right but the truth is that like in the movie they're talking about you know when you splash around like that you're giving sharks exactly what they're looking for Really, what you're doing is you're telling sharks, hey, this probably isn't the spot you want to go because this meal's going to struggle. Yeah, that and, like, I feel like most shark attacks happen in empty water almost where the, you're the only person on the beach. Well, and the thing, like, yeah, so if the shark wanted to eat people, it would. Yeah, but that doesn't make for a good movie. Right, right. Also, I just don't think we knew that much about sharks back then. We definitely didn't. Even in the movie, they were like, they don't even know how long sharks live. It could be thousands of years. Who knows? Is it thousands of years? I don't know. I'm I'm pretty sure sharks live to be pretty old. How long do sharks live? I wonder if we know that. How long do sharks live? 20 to 30 years. Okay. Lifespan shark. Not a specific kind of shark. Right. People also search for mahi-mahi, sheep, and carp. Thank you, Google. So this is a weird list of answers. This is answers.com slash Q slash how underscore long underscore do underscore great underscore white underscore sharks underscore live. Listen to this sentence. Great white sharks can live to be over 100 years old, but they are dying off in large numbers due to commercial fishing. The answer is 50 to 30 years. Great white sharks can live over 30 years. Scientists say 30 to 100 years. So it seems like like, ah, That's how mathematical data works, though. Is like a great white shark can live to a hundred years, right? But they generally don't make it. Same with a person. Right. Let me talk to you about a little thing called mortality credits and how it will affect if and when you can ever retire. Welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's the same thing with people. It's like, yeah, people live to be 114 years old, but most people do not. Right. Cool. So yeah. hammerhead, not hammerhead, great white sharks are like 100 years old. Awesome. N- not two to 3,000 years. No. So Brody was mistaken. He's mistaken about a lot of things. You know, Brody, I think, is such an... Well, before we get there, let's, do you have a positive review or a negative review? Well, so, okay. And also, we forgot to mention the meta, Metacritic score uh which is, is an 80, a good one 87 on metacritic very good uh it's our third highest we reviewed so far behind uh monty python and the holy grail with 93 and uh star wars a new hope with the 90 but this is listed as a metacritic must see movie i believe it the others are not interesting i feel like all three of those movies are movies you have to see i agree but metacritic does not well i don't work for metacritic i'm just saying i just uh, you just don't facts out just don't fax out. As long as we're talking about statistics, before we get to the positive and negative review, um, this is a PG movie. Is it really? It really is. 
That's this movie crazy. with a naked woman on the poster is a PG movie. <laughs> yeah, the literally the first scene in the movie, a a swimming naked woman gets her whole body ripped to living shreds by a shark. By a shark. This <laughs> PG movie where they're drinking and shark fishing and this is a PG movie. I just I just want it like it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Literally when it popped up on the screen like this film has been rated PG by the MPAA. I was like, "Oh, it must be a preview. That's weird." I didn't buy a movie to watch previews, like streaming. Yeah. Nope. Then the movie just started, and I was like, what? 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 And I'll tell you why that is. Uh, partially because, and I'm not saying this in, in a negative light or to be, like, you know, a crotchety old man at this point, but we have gotten a little more sensitive to things over the past 40 years. Oh, yeah, the internet on that. And also, like, there is no sexual content in this movie whatsoever. I mean, there's a naked lady. Right, but she's naked because she's swimming. Isn't Titanic PG-13? Yeah. That's got a naked lady. Titanic was 22 years later. It's true. But there's no boobies in this movie. You can sort of see her boobies. Anyway. It's like this is not like a there's no like romantic content in this movie. No, whatsoever. not really at all. Yeah. There's that one line where Brody's like, Yeah, you want to get drug at fool around? Or his wife says it. And that's it. Nasty. It's Nasty like, grown ups. Right. It's like for the most part, it's just all about a shark. It is all about a shark. I mean, we need more movies that are all about a shark. I think in this poster for the film, the shark is much bigger than it is in the film. I think a better poster for this movie would have been, would have con- had no shark on it. Why? Just because I feel like that's how the movie works. I think this is one of the greatest movie posters. Of I all would time. also agree, but I also think it would have been good. <laughs> It just wasn't there wasn't a shark but i also come I from a world in which we know what jaws is about so yeah that's true they never call him jaws they call him bruce right do they ever say his name his name's bruce his name's bruce but then no they never say his name okay they don't they, he's not named bruce in the movie name's bruce the the shark itself the big shark puppet is named right. bruce how does the shark pup let's read our positive and negative review <laughs> okay go ahead with your positive review mine is from the king himself roger ebert this is so exciting. We have a real Ebert-reviewed film to talk about. We, there's a bunch of those. We've just not read the Ebert review for. But in this situation, we have it. And I'm going to read it because he's the king. And he gave it a very good score. Four out of four stars. Steven Spielberg's Jaws is a sensationally effective action picture. A scary thriller that works all the better because it's populated with characters that have been developed into human beings we get to know and care about. It's a film that's as frightening as The Exorcist, and yet it's a nicer kind of fright. Somehow more fun because we're being scared by an outdoor adventure saga instead of by a brimstone and vomit evil. I could read the rest of it. There's like six paragraphs, but that's the first paragraph. He loves it. As soon as you read anything Roger Ebert has ever written, you understand why he's like the gold standard. Oh, yeah. He's so good. By the way, this review was released January 1st, 1975. That seems early since this didn't come out till June, but that's what this website says. Maybe they just plugged it in and then this is the 1975 review. Or Roger Ebert was so famous that he just got to see it six six whole months early. I don't think that was the case. Probably before it was done. I'm almost certain his website just uploaded it and whoever the intern was doing this just left. January Plugged 1st. 1975 in. Right. Yeah, I'm, January I'm sure. First to just I'm stay sure. There. Um, anyway, I had to... So, on on Medi- not Metacritic, on Rotten Tomatoes, there are two negative reviews for Jaws. Uh, the first one is by a guy who essentially just doesn't understand how movies work. And Yeah, he, he, like, he writes really beautifully, and then... And everything he complained about was just not something worth complaining about. And right. the other guy was like, well, I'm not really sure why people want a book about a shark, or a movie about a shark, but this movie about a shark was better than the book about a shark and i give it a 5.9 <laughs> and so i had to turn to twitter i turned to twitter user at brandy with three underscores uh, from a few years back and she said movie suck shark looks fake <laughs> i didn't think the shark looked that fake as it's, far as it's practical also like a 45 year old shark right yeah, as far as practical effects go i feel like this held up pretty well yeah especially when it's in the water yeah like it looked really nice in the water i felt like 
Well, and the and that's the brilliant thing about this movie. And I'm just gonna dive straight into it right now. The brilliant okay. thing about this movie is dive the shark in. doesn't have to work that hard because the shark is on screen for like five minutes. Right. In this There's really over cool, two like, hour barrel movie. work, and that's about it. Well, and you don't you don't ever see the shark until uh, I think it was like like an hour and twenty eight minutes in. Really? Is the first time you see you, you there's some there's some fin action at one point, but the first time you see shark mouth on screen is is when Brody's chum in the water like an hour and a half into it right and he turns around and the shark's right there which by the way is i think we've talked about it a couple times in the past few weeks on on this podcast but i think is the greatest example in history of silence in a movie score oh so good because every time there has been anything shark related in this movie so far anytime there's been any kind of like hint or whiff of a shark we've gotten the, da -da -da -da. the, the famous the ultra famous you know movie score was used for the intro of airplane uh it's, it's just it's ubiquitous with the term shark and then the first time you see the shark in the movie no music nothing just dead silence shark pops out of the water and brody throws a handful of fish guts at it yep. and turns around sees it there and just goes we're gonna need a bigger boat you know what i love about this movie pretty much everything i think it's it's a near perfect cinema but i i think the cinematography here especially in the second and third act or whenever you want to say the part of the movie is when they're on the boat is perfect like every single shot was meticulously chosen was oh like, it, it is throughout the whole movie well done Not yeah just even no, it, the, like there's that that one scene um where you get the really weird almost the and i know spielberg was 20 years before tarantino but the tarantino like lens the hard zoom oh on Brody's yeah. face uh when he hears the the, the whistles going off and it, and it hard zooms in on his face yeah it's just like and a quintessential like shot yeah Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I tweeted that out not too long ago. I love that shot. Yeah. And there's the shot where they're, like, chatting with the mayor, and they're, like, walking around, and then all of a sudden, there's the giant poster behind them. Yeah, of the, yeah, yeah the the shark with the, or the shark fin with the, with the girl on the beach. Right. And it's, like, I don't know, I just, I just think it's so amazing the way that they, they shot the yeah, whole, the whole thing. movie. Um, everything is, like, in thirds throughout the entire boat scene. I love when he's laying at the end on the, like, mast or whatever, shooting at the shark. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's so just good the whole movie man it's it's i mean it's steven spielberg like yeah it's, but i mean this is so much better than ready player one i mean we might to some extent say that over the course of his long and storied career steven spielberg may have just a little bit lost the edge you mean to tell me that jaws is better than ready player one yeah obviously because that's exactly what i just said exactly <laughs> but it's like it, it, and I don't want to say it like, you know, went down over time. It wasn't like a gradual decline. Because, like, Jurassic Park's still an amazing movie. Right. And that was 15 years later or whatever. Just to, Did you watch this in Blu-ray or 4K or uh, HD it, of any sort? Well, I rented it from Amazon, so. Okay. I, whatever you that was. rented it in HD. Yeah. And it looked HD. Yeah. You know what gets me about that? I just want to talk about how far we've come with, like, cinematic uh, retouching or whatever. Yeah. Is like the behind the scenes photos from this movie are in black and white. What do you mean? Like I'm sitting here looking at behind the scenes photos where like a photographer came to set and took pictures of the thing, and they're like black and white photos because that was going to be the best way to take the pictures. That was a that was a common thing back then. Like we had color photo. Yeah, I mean there's color photos in here as well. They do not look as good as the black and white yeah, photos. Yeah, it's just I think that's more of an artistic direction. Right, but that's not something you see so much these days. No, absolutely not. Black and white is always an artistic. Decision well, I mean now. now my my iPhone could take a better picture than. 90% of cameras ever made in history. I would say 99% of cameras. I mean, whatever. Like, 
Unless you're including every iPhone ever made. <laughs> no, but like talking about like models, every every model, right? Not oh, every yeah. individual iPhone. Like that's just way too big of a data set for no reason. I know, I know. That first shark, there's no way they thought that first shark was a real deal. I love that it has an arrow in it. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, the tiger shark. Yeah, that ate the license plate. Yeah. No, obviously it, that 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 scene is to just tell us that there's no rational thinking whatsoever going on. Right. It's just get rid of the shark. Right. As soon as we can say the problem has been wiped out, there's a lot of there's a lot of commentary going on here about you know find a scapegoat, pretend the problem doesn't exist, move on with your life. Right. It's still just still a shark that's out back there. On board. Yeah, they get the economy back on board, and then you're not going to realize there's a problem until it swims up and bites you in the quite literally eats a child yeah. eats a dog too does eat baby. a dog that is kind of glossed over it is kind of glossed but pippin yeah pippin's death because the dude's wandering around like where's my dog where's my dog where's my dog at and then the child gets eight and everybody's like oh now you can kill a child <laughs> what i really meant to say now we pay attention but <laughs> <laughs> oh now you can kill a kid now it's okay i see how it is no it's not okay to kill kids it's definitely not okay it wasn't then isn't now um do you think this movie could have been made today one would it be rated r regardless because it's got like blood and gore and on-screen death and two could you kill a shark that small on camera I don't think they, what do you, they nobody, there was no sharks that got killed. No, I know, I know. There's not actual sharks that got killed. But, like, do you think there would be more, like, animal rights uproar if you made Jaws today? No. Really? I, uh, that's a really tough question. Because you're, so you're considering a world in which Jaws was never made. Right. Until today. I, that would have definitely changed the cinematic landscape. You think Nolan would have directed it if it was today? Uh, it, no, it'd be Michael Bay. <laughs> And the shark would just explode. Like <laughs> the shark does just explode. I mean, no, it would be like it would it would level New York. <laughs> we dropped a nuke on the shark, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Optimus Prime is a, fighting Jaws. That's a right really now. interesting question because I just don't think you can minimize the impact this has had on everything on this type of movie, right? Because like, yeah, there's been you know brutal movies out before this, but it's like this just showed people getting ripped to pieces. Yeah. And there's like just body parts everywhere, and just blood everywhere. So do you, but okay, so so you do think it would be rated R? I so in a world where Jaws is not Jaws doesn't exist, but everything else is the same. I don't think that world exists. No, but like, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. We've still had like Rambo and right. all these bloody war movies and everything. Yeah, Jaws is absolutely rated R. Uh, there's not five minutes where somebody doesn't doesn't say. F over and over again right and it's just it's just awful like because they, they they the first time you do it you got to take it seriously and now all these all these shark attack movies have been able to to be blessed with some degree of like lightheartedness a little bit well and that's the great thing about jaws is like i feel like if it was made today there would be a lot more swearing just in general. I also feel like it would have played up the love story between him and oh, his wife. Oh, absolutely. It would uh, be it, like... It wouldn't have been a wife. No, it would have been like a girlfriend, and you get shots of her back on shore, like, concerned about him. Yeah. Or he'd be, like, texting her, and she'd be like... Whereas, like, an hour in, when they when they leave the boat, or they get on the boat, it's like, the shore's gone. Yeah, the, the, the shore doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, which I think is a really interesting choice in this movie. I'm glad they did that. I'm glad they made it that way, because the first half of this movie is just so frustrating. It really is. Brody's just trying to, like, he's super concerned about this shark, and he's, but he is, like, a, like all three of the leads are, like, man's men. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're, like, they're guys, but they're all, like, guys in different way. Yeah, absolutely. Like, 
you know, Brody is the chief of police and he's about protecting people and he's concerned about his family. He's a family he's man. A, he's Call of Duty guy. Right. And and Quint is like a, you know, he's a veteran and he's, right? I've got that right? Yeah, he's, he's a, a yeah, he's a Navy vet. Yeah. And I can never remember their names. I'm really bad at the names in this movie. It's Brody, Quint, and Hooper. Yeah. And nobody else matter. Yeah. At all. Um. But Quint is, you know, he's like a, he's like a rough and tough kind of man, you know, shoots things and he's got a fishing boat and he kills sharks in his free time and scratches the chalkboard and all that. Yeah. And then Hooper's like this, you know, he takes it upon himself to be smart and brave and dive in the water with the sharks and he's got all the scars and everything and they're all drinking buddies and i don't know i think it's it's they've got like ebert's not wrong when he says they've developed into human beings we get to know and care about like their character personalities more so than i think most works of fiction that even we talk about here are so clear and relatable and relatable they're very well explained they make decisions that their character would make like we like like when it comes to the sorting thing i have no idea where these people would be sorted into but i feel like if we were to draw a comparison to like geek culture 2018 if there was ever three characters that i feel like you could really become the character of that aren't like one-dimensional comic book characters then i feel like these three really do like fit a very interesting yeah you're absolutely right and this movie is just written so well like regardless what happens on screens like the script is impeccable i mean that cannot be packed right the the dialogue between everybody is just so believable it's like a lot of times i have trouble thinking man do people really talk to each other like that and like yeah they absolutely do in this movie yeah and one of the things i love about this movie we were talking about this before recording um is that like in the mid 70s sound mixing wasn't was wasn't what it is today so like when making a film you had to be really careful about like who was talking and when and how you were gonna make that work and like you know shots on beaches were impossible back then they were even impossible like in the past 10 years with lost like every line on the beach had to be re-recorded i don't know if that's the case with jaws i don't think it is Um, no it's it's not because they just let the cacophony happen right and you can kind of hear the conversation that's going on, and that adds to the whole thing. Well, and that's one of the things I love is in one of the first scenes where he gets on the phone and he's talking to somebody. I don't even know what he said because it's it's so distracted. Yeah, the receptionist like, just won't shut up. Not even then. I'm talking about when he's in the house and he gets oh, on the oh, phone. Oh. And his wife is in the background talking to the kid. And you can, like, hardly hear what's going on on the phone. And it shows how, like, people do not really care what's going on. They only care about themselves. And it's like, you know, they're going to talk to the chief of police with their selfish problems. Right. And that's just the kind of town they live in. Right. It's just, it's, it's, it's Andy Griffith. It's Mayberry on like a Massachusetts Island. Yeah. Everybody knows the chief of police. Everybody's, you know, somebody parked their car where it's not supposed to be. You know who they are and you go tell the chief of police. Right. And that's like a constant thing in Andy Griffith is he's trying to solve crime and stop stuff from happening. Right. And people are just like, well, Andy, I mean, I just, somebody ran off one of my chickens. Right. (laughs) And it's the same way as everybody wants a piece of Brody. Yeah. And he's just like, can you guys just shut up? I've got a kid that got murdered by a shark. Right. It's like, well, the the Hooper boys are parking on my yard. I don't know why I said Hooper. That's a name in the movie. But <laughs> yeah, so and so parked their car in front of my house. Okay, that's fine. That's great. To beach Talk town. to somebody else. Like, <laughs> right. there's 20 people here, and he's and he's got no assistance whatsoever. Just that right? one like, guy. Yeah, it's it's like it's if if there's crime in this town, it's his problem. Yeah, absolutely. Him and his deputy. Yeah. Ugh, no matter how small, it's so good though. It's I so love good. This and movie. and normally I hate these movies that rely so much on that secondhand stress and frustration because it's just like it's, it's so it's, frustrating. It, it's an uncomfortable feeling, and it's like normally it's used very poorly in movies where it's just like you end up feeling embarrassed for the character and like not in a fun way. Right. But in this movie, it's used very well. It's very not and it's not subtle, but it's very elegant almost. 
The way they, they, they right. make you feel for Brody and feel how frustrated he is. Nobody's listening to him. All they care about is tourism and their petty problems. And he's just trying to save people's lives, and they're not letting him do it. The mayor's crossing him every time he talks. And all they care about is, uh, let's save the rest of the summer. And then finally the mayor has that scene in the hospital where he's like, my kids were out there too. Right. And figures his his stuff out. But until that moment, it's just super frustrating for Brody because every time he turns around, there's somebody else in his face just like, well, you're not going to close the beaches, are you? He's like, obviously we're going to close the beaches. Yeah, obviously, we, yes, we're going to close the beaches. This isn't... People are out here getting eaten by sharks. Like, this is an right. obvious thing. And the mayor's just yeah. like, well, they'll be happy to go swim in the Hamptons. I'm like, cool. Great, get they'll, them to the Hamptons. Yeah, they'll be back next year. Uh, yeah, it's like, he's like, do we have any beaches close signs? They're like, obviously not. Why would we have why would those? We, why would we ever close the beaches yeah under any circumstances i don't think and maybe this is me being very open to everything else beach towns have to offer i could be the minority here i'm sure if the beaches are closed less people are going to visit a beach that makes sense right yeah that adds up but i don't think it would be like debilitating for most beaches that i go to i think if the beach that you go to in North Carolina would cease to exist if you closed the beaches. Well, yeah, there's nothing else to do there. But like Anna Maria Island, I've never been there. But the Outer Banks, yeah, the would, Outer Banks would fall off the map. Yeah, I guess you're right. It would become like way less interesting. But like I would, if I was to go, if you and I were to go on a road trip to Cape Cod, the beach would be like my final priority. Yeah, because we, <laughs> because we live in the South. Right. Like, I don't want to go to that cold New England beach. Nobody goes, I mean, with the exception of people that come from like New York and Connecticut to go to the Cape and to Martha's Vineyard, uh, nobody goes north to go to the beach. Right. It's like people from New York come down here to Virginia and, and sit there at on Virginia Beach and Poor think people. it's the greatest thing ever. And then everybody, That's from, the worst. everybody from Virginia is like, I need to get anywhere but this state to go to the beach. Yeah. And they go to the yeah. Outer Banks, they go to North Carolina, they go to Myrtle Beach, which is just as terrible. No. Myrtle Beach is terrible for different reasons than Virginia Beach. Myrtle Beach's beaches are fine. Virginia Beach's beach is what's terrible. Yeah, the beach is nice. It's just full of people constantly. So is Myrtle Beach. Ugh. I, I firmly believe, and I'm sorry to out there to anybody that lives in Myrtle Beach, move, but I, if there's any truly place I believe was created by a satanic influence on Earth, it is Myrtle Beach. It's a terrible place. I would pretty I much like rather be anywhere in the world. I like I I don't mind going for a day and doing the shopping, but I don't want to do the water in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, I stayed there for like a week and a half one time on like a beach trip, oh, and God. it was hellacious. I believe it. I totally believe it. Like, it. it made the beach not fun. Because there's yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in the same, you know, block radius as I am on the beach. Right. You know, and it's not like the movies where everybody's a supermodel. No. You know, it's everybody's mad at each other. Nobody's having fun. Yeah. There's people trying to fish where people are swimming. Oh, God. That is my least favorite thing at beaches. Yeah. Just go to the pier, man. Stop fishing in the surf. Right. <laughs> like, Stop it. And that's any beach anywhere. I'm not just saying that's a Myrtle Beach problem. You find... The most isolated stretch of beach, any coastline on America, and and there's that one dude out there in his waders fishing in the surf while people are trying to have a good time, swimming and playing, and he's just mad. <laughs> it's like I know a way to solve your problem, buddy. Hey, look, and that was the thing that bothered me so much about um, when that happened, when you and I went on that beach trip with your family, is mm -hmm. that we were what a thousand feet from the pier, maybe. Yeah, not far. Yeah, at and all. there was dudes Wait, just standing when there. When have you been to the beach with my family in the summer? <sighs> I know. We were 20, right? Yeah. It was just, it was the, like this time 
four years ago, five years ago. Five years ago. We were not, or was I 21? No. No, I neither of us were 21. I was 21 when we went that same the Harry fall. Potter thing. Yeah, that same winter. Because I was not 21 yeah. then. And we did not drink the Fireball. No. You drank the fireball. I had nothing at the beach. We the the fireball was the was the winter. In the, no, there was a. I remember the summer trip. We were in the house my parents always get, and there was like a shot dispenser. Yeah, and it had a it had old gay or something. Mount Mount Gay Mount rum. Gay rum and Jim Beam. I thought it had fireball. No, fire the fireball was the. Fireball was the fall. It was the winter. I remember the winter trip was the first time I'd ever been iced. Although I will tell you, there was the house that we stayed next to, the house that was next to the sea lavender that summer trip was flying a fireball whiskey flag. That's right. So there was I, fireball definitely exists. Like I knew about it, but just that that trip was the was the Mount Gay rum Jim Beam shot dispenser trip. And there was a. Uh... We had we had like hard solo cups. They were like the I still have wash them. them. Yeah, you can like wash them or whatever. Yeah. And we would we were I I specifically remember being under the impression that if I took a shot, like not shot a shot, but like stole a shot from the machine, that nobody would notice. That like people didn't realize that the the level of liquid has gone down. Since then, I feel like I've learned that if somebody takes a drink of something, it is noticeable. Yeah, even if you, if you pour one shot out of a bottle of whiskey, it's noticeable immediately. Right. It's like it's gone. Okay. That was a wild trip. That was the last time before we recently did it that I think I even watched like an entire Harry Potter movie beginning to end. I same. Like <laughs> same. That was definitely the fact. Yeah, like start to finish i've seen bits and pieces on you know freeform's harry potter weekend but anyway i can tell you that i'm not going to take massachusetts anywhere in massachusetts seriously as a beach town because their season in this movie starts like the last week of june yeah and and here in the south we're two weeks before memorial day yeah you're not necessarily in the water then but you're at the beach you're in the water on memorial day weekend it's cold i mean the atlantic ocean never gets warm it does in florida i mean even i, I like well i mean that's february but <laughs> i was like i've been to the, the beach in miami and it's still not that warm but that was february but like the atlantic yeah. ocean our part of the coast the part that's not blue where the water's you know greenish green yeah it just it never gets warm warm yeah ever like it's 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 definitely palatable especially toward you know july and august but it's not you know it's not it's not a bath right it's not the gulf yeah it's not the gulf it's not the caribbean Oh, the Caribbean. I went into the water in Mexico in December, and it was frigid. I went into the water in the Bahamas in February, and it was quite nice. I mean, it wasn't like... we When we were there, it was, like, really rough. I think normally at that particular resort, the water's, like, blue and... You can go and enjoy it. It's calm and everything. But for whatever reason, while we were there. I believe you went there just after a hurricane. Or possibly just wedding? before. I don't know. It was, it was not nice. We didn't get in the water that much. But we did get in the pool a lot. That was awesome. No sharks in the pool. There was a bunch of people teaching aerobics classes, though. Neat. Water aerobics. Oh, yeah. No sharks, though. No Positive. sharks. There were some land sharks that I was drinking. Neat. Neat zero burrito. Zero. I do love a good I, land shark. I'm going to totally change the subject real quick. So this month, what month is it? August? August, yeah. August 2018 is a three paycheck month. Yeah. Are you familiar no. with this? My job for oh, the last three it? years paid me uh, every 5th and 20th. So, Well, in, in other businesses where you get paid every other Friday, you get two, three paycheck months a year. It's like a thing because there's 26, you know, 52 yeah. divided by two, 26 pay periods, 24 plus two. There's um, five Fridays in August. Right. <laughs> and the first Friday is two weeks after. It, it all lines up the way it's supposed to. Um, so as a result, this August, I decided I was going to splurge at the grocery store. Yeah. Have you ever done this? Uh, no, not really, honestly. I, I typically don't buy snacks either in the form of like chips or crackers or anything like that. Mostly because it's not healthy and partially because I don't want to spend the money. Like I could always get them, but I 
I don't. I just think it's a better practice not to. Um, so I decided I was going to splurge at the grocery store and get snacks and three cases of soda, which I haven't bought soda and kept it in my fridge since I think you and I lived together. Yeah, no. Like, it's just a ridiculous thing to purchase. It's terrible for you. It takes up a lot of space. Not cheap. All of the above. Yep. Plus, you could just buy beer. But I bought like a case of Dr. Pepper and two cases of ginger ale, which I've got right here. And I found out why there's no reason to splurge at the grocery stores. Because if I have the snacks, I just eat them. You don't save like, them. Constantly. I don't save them. It's like a challenge. It's like, well, I've still got four packs of crackers in there. I want to get rid of those because I want to free up that space. And then all of a sudden so, you eat crackers for dinner. <laughs> right. And you've eaten a ton of crackers. And they're terrible for yeah. you. Yeah. And it's 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 awful. And like, it's the same way with the fridge. It's like, I open the fridge and I'll be like, this Dr. Pepper's is taking up a lot of space. And you know, I'm trying to treat myself here. So I'm just going to crack open a fourth one today. Yeah. I definitely, you notice you start getting old or starting to get older when you start to gravitate toward different things as being like a luxury or a treat. Cause like I went to the grocery store uh, about a month ago and I was just like, man, I'm gonna get myself something nice. And what I walked out with was a box of Ritz crackers. There you go. And I was there just like, go. this is, I don't know why I underrated these as a child. This is the best snack ever. This is exactly right. Like I remember like, there's my nothing better time. than the, the vaguely buttery flavor of a Ritz cracker. Just a vaguely, I would say aggressively buttery flavor. <laughs> well, it's aggressively flavored, but I don't it doesn't necessarily remind me of butter in the way it probably should. It's definitely super buttery. Because it doesn't it's but like, it doesn't taste like what I would imagine you you melted butter on a plain cracker to be. Right. It's a very good cracker. It's like it tastes like buttery, but it doesn't taste like there was ever butter involved in it. Right. It's like it was like it was in just injected with butter flavor. Oh, it's very good. Ritz crackers are yeah, amazing. Yeah, Ritz crackers are amazing. They're, I mean, I guess they're, they're they can't be worse for me than like chocolate chip cookies. Okay. I'm just saying. But that's like, not like a good substitute. I know, but I'm just saying, like, if that's going to be my treat, I think I'm taking a step in the right direction. I think so, too. I think so, too. And it's like I would, yeah, eat, I would eat a sleeve and then put it away for a week and then eat another sleeve. You put it away for a whole week? I would eat a sleeve and then I'd be like, well, well no, but time for another sleeve. The problem is I got to sleeve number four and I was like, this is stale. <laughs> this is not good anymore. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only time I ever have soda in the house is when I'll like go visit my parents and I'll be walking out the door and my dad's like, you want a case of ginger ale? I'm like, yeah, yeah, why not? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. That's, that's mine. Like, we used to keep beer in the house. There's like a drawer in the fridge for, I don't know, we don't organize our fridge nearly as well as we should and we usually put like a case of beer in there and then with beer like i'm a lot more disciplined because if you have like six beers now you can't operate well, if you have like two beers now you can't operate heavy machinery right and it's like a crap well now i'm stuck but if you have two sodas you can operate heavy machinery you just keep you on cracking <laughs> right you just keep on cracking those bad boys open so you know beer does a lot better job of like it's definitely way worse for you. Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Uh, but I also, like, am less interested in drinking six Coors Lights in a row. Yeah. It's not as delicious as, like, a Coca-Cola. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. Man, ginger ale isn't good for you either. Turns out. No? No. There is, there's, I mean, it's... 36 grams of carbs in this ginger ale. There's 32 in mine. And 35 grams of sugar. Yeah, 32. This is so bad. 32 grams of sugar in my, in my ginger ale. Uh, which is weird because it's not particularly sweet. No. That's why I gravitate to Schweppes is because it's less sweet than other ginger ales. And I guess it is less sugar than yours, but uh, I don't know, man. That's wild. 36 grams of carbs. I'm going to get so fat from this freaking ginger ale. You bought two cases. I mean, well, it's better than the Dr. Pepper, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I got a Dr. Pepper can here as well. 40 grams of carbs cool. in this one can. Yeah. You know, maybe beer is better for me. Maybe I should start pounding beers every <laughs> time. It's not a sugar thing, but if you're talking about straight carbs, beer is not better for you. What are you talking about? A Mick Ultra has like 2.6 carbs. Um, 
I, I don't I don't like 2.6 grams of carbs, 95 calories. That makes it better for this deck, better than me for than this Dr Pepper in every way. And Mick Ultra, that doesn't sound right. Mick Ultra is like the good for you beer. Oh 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 oh, it's calories, it's calories. The Mick Ultra was advertising there where it was like 95 calories or whatever. It is 95 calories. Yeah, I was thinking that was carbs. That would be awful. That would be so dangerous. I mean, yeah, whatever. Beer makes you fat. Bread makes you fat. <laughs> bread makes you fat? Yeah, bread makes you fat. But I was thinking I was thinking about Miller 64, and I thought Miller 64 was low because it had 64 carbs. It's 64 calories. Yeah. Uh, Miller 64 also has 2.8% alcohol, so. No. Yeah, they don't make it anymore, that, I don't think. Do they? I haven't seen it in you years. Remember, I remember we got so excited. It was right after we both turned 21 that uh, Miller put out, like, Royale or whatever. What was it called? Oh, um, it was Miller... It was, like, dark. It was, like, Miller Spades. It was a spade was the logo. Miller Fortune. Miller Fortune. It is a spade They logo. still make that? Um, uh, not sure. It was good. It is 6.9%. It was good, yeah. Oh, man. Now I'm learning so much. Miller so, Fortune. anyway, moral of the story... Don't ever buy snacks. Don't ever buy beer, and you'll just be happier in life. Yeah, never buy beer ever. Oh, and Budweiser. No, Budweiser made Budweiser Black Crown, and it was terrible. That sounds it was bad. like the the response to Miller Fortune. Miller Fortune was terrible. I liked Miller Fortune. Even this review on oh, I thought it was on Miller.com. Well, I was like. That's brutal. But it's brewguru.com slash Miller Fortune. Uh, Anheuser Bush's high strength premium lager. Miller Fortune, though, ups the ante with an alcohol content. Oh, it was their answer to Bud Light Platinum. That was the Anheuser Bush. Um, 6.9% by volume compared to 6% for Bud Light Platinum. The merit of a good beer, however, is based on far more than its alcohol content, which is a way of saying I'm about to tell you all of the reasons why this is a bad beer. And here's what gets me about beer people and major beer companies it's like i okay i get it craft beer is better than bud light miller light and coors light yeah bud light miller light and coors light all taste the same i get it we're all on the same bud light miller light tastes the same coors light tastes different it's not better or worse it's just i could tell you you put three of them in front of me i'm gonna tell you which one's coors light but probably i don't know the end of the day those three beers are similar enough that like you're not cool because you know that those aren't i'll tell you what the problem is is this is the problem we ran into is we turned 21 right at the height of the shock top blue moon belgian wheat craze yes if i never have another blue moon the rest of my life i'm good really yeah i love a good blue moon it's what i get when i go to buffalo wild i Mans, don't which I is don't like, like that's how i, I don't really like I double down on my i double down on my trendy beers when i go to buffalo wild wings because i'm at a stupid trendy restaurant yeah I, I never i never buy those anymore i mean there's a couple i just did i just finished my my hundred beer list from jack brown's well done. last night Bravissima. Uh, and there there is not a i'll be honest with you there's not a single like domestic you know light lager on there man do you know how frustrated i got when i was serving beer for the first time in my life and i was like this is not an import this is a domestic even though it was like a craft beer yeah but th- yeah, there's no bud light middle letter coors light on my list i'll be real with you i think the closest i got i might have had a pbr at one point pbr um I'll drink PBR more than I'll drink like Bush. I would rather have a PBR than a Bud Light. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Sometimes. I'd rather I'd I rather have, have a PBR than any of the other PBR alternatives. Like people will buy like like Rolling Rock and be like, oh, this is this You know the same what beer PBR. is in Jaws? What beer? Narragansett. Is it really? Yeah. Narragansett's terrible. Narragansett is the beer of You champion. also like Jenny Cream. Yeah. My Northeast terrible beers. Genesee are... Cream Ale is terrible. I like the Genesee Red better. I don't know what it's actually called. Uh, what's it called? Is it just red lager? Whatever's know. in the red can. I've never seen Genesee in a red cran- red can. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I don't. I don't spend as much time in in that part of the world as you have. I've spent my so fair amount the... of time, but I also haven't been to New York since I was twenty one. So the so okay. There's the white can with the red label. It's just Genesee beer. 
And there's blue can with white label. That's Genesee Light. There's black, 8%. I've never seen Yikes. anything other than the green. I'll be honest with you. Oh, man. You got to go to more weird Genesee, Kroger's. Genesee Light, Genesee Cream, and Genesee Ice. They make a, oh, they make an ice. Jesus Christ. But Narragansett, man, that's the beer of champions. I just, I, I'm not, I'm not that crazy about any of those Northeastern beers. It's terrible. You know what I'm not crazy about? As long as we're talking about beer, freaking Natty Bow. National Bohemian is terrible. Gosh, everybody in Maryland. It turns out Narragansett podcast, is a place. Yeah, didn't know that. I just I searched I searched Narragansett in Google Images, and it got me a lot of beautiful beach towns. You know what's weird is you have to be over 21 to go to beer websites. I guess that makes sense, but like, and this one won't let me click. Yes, I'm over 21, which is weird. Narragansett Lager. Narragansett Lager looks like it is like. The American beer. Oh, that's so good. Since 1890. So you see this picture. I'm gonna drag it into Skype and send it to you. This is what he drinks in the movie. Oh, with the with the, the it's out of a soup can. It's the with the pull top. Yeah, with the full pull yeah. top. It's like whoosh, you pull the whole thing off. I feel like that's a good way to cut your lips. I don't know. Narragansett also presents Dell's Shandy. I didn't know that. Oh man, this is a beer. This is a beer. Welcome to Bacon and Eggs talks Jaws and beer. What do you buy at the grocery store, Ethan? Do you cook your own food or do you eat out a lot? Um, both. I eat out probably more than the average. I definitely person. eat out more than I should. I have recently, especially. I've just been so busy. Yeah. I'm not making excuses. I'm just... Just oh, no, I'm the truth. same way. Like, I'm, I'm way too busy. It's like, But it, what's weird to me is that it's more convenient to go out. Like, how is that possibly the case? Like, making a bowl of cereal takes, like, three seconds, and that's a perfectly acceptable dinner. But going out requires me to, like, drive to the restaurant, get out of my car, order, wait, eat, pay. I have a box of pasta and some sauce that I need to cook, and I think after that I've probably cooked my last meal in this apartment because I'm, really? I'm reaching the point where I need to start packing stuff. You're never leaving there, Ethan. I am. Moving in, like, a week and a half. So when it comes to Jaws, what is your favorite scene in the movie good lord i kind of forgot what you're talking about <laughs> we went well and truly off topic there i like when we do that you know sometimes we get giggly and other times we just have a real conversation about among terrible friends. beer about terrible beer and i think that's what makes this podcast what it is you know is is the that we just we're just it's raw and it's real and that's what i love about the cinematography in jaws okay <laughs> is that it doesn't, there's one scene that wastes its time on lighting. Okay, it's a great scene. Might be the best scene in the movie where they're in the boat and the lamp is shaking back and forth. Otherwise, you Wait, have to deal with, what are you talking with, about? You do, the storytelling scene. Oh, oh, He's yeah, He's talking yeah. about the USS Indianapolis. Yeah. That's the only scene in the movie that wastes its time on thoughtful lighting. Otherwise, it intentionally gives you this, like, bright, sweaty, New England, salty feeling with the costumes and the, uh the tan on their skins and like everything and then there's just clear blue new england skies the whole time that light the rest of the film there's no that's so weird that you say that because in any scene on the beach like in the first half of the movie when i'm on the beach i was always struck with the fact that it looked very cloudy but it's not cloudy. it is though it's just not sunny. It's not blue sky when they're on the beach. I'm trying to... I'm just looking through shots from the film right now. I'm trying to find the beach. If you just look at shots from this movie, it looks like much more of an action film than it really is. I love this shot, by the way, where uh, Robert Shaw is standing on the... What is it? The front of the boat? The bow? Yeah. With the bow, and it's, 
it's got the depth effect where the sort of rails are going towards him and then he's leaning against them but facing the, the rest of the boat. He's got the gun in his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you, you're looking from Hooper's perspective driving the boat. Right. Or Brody. I can't remember which one at that point. Yeah. Yeah, where he's trying to shoot the shark. Absolutely. I, I, I was struck that that was a great scene during the movie. I was like, they really made this look real, even though it's like clearly in front of a green screen. I don't think they're in front of any green screen. In that they? scene, they definitely are. I thought this was all done no, the, in the, the water. The, the, the ocean is not... And it may be that they just cut different ocean in or whatever, but the ocean is not in front of him at that point. It's mm. like you can tell there's like a like almost a line around it, around the boat. I didn't think any of this was green screen. I thought it was all practical. I mean, and it may be, but it definitely looks like it, 100%. Like, I absolutely noticed that. Mm. I need to get me a giant shark. No, you don't, actually. Fun fact. That sounds like a I mean, terrible just, idea. Just imagine. What are you going to do with it. a giant shark? I want this shark from Jaws. I want to own it. Like like the animatronic shark? Yeah, Bruce. What are you going to do with it? Dude, you don't have room up. for that in your house. You know what it's I love? It's 25 feet he... long. I know. I know. It'd be bigger than every room in the house. Maybe it could fit in my dining room. Put it on the roof. <laughs> be a little slanted. Just, Definitely just, wouldn't fit in this just office. Just roaring from your, from your front porch? That would be great. I mean, can you imagine people would be like, oh my God, look at that guy. He's got the shark. <gasps> Santa Jaws just came out. When you sent me that, that was a premiere santa jaws came out like last week santa jaws yeah what is santa oh i sent that to you yeah i, yeah, I forgot about that's that what yeah, i was yeah. talking about, about santa that. jaws is a new sci-fi film apparently terrible i believe it <laughs> oh that's the movie where the guy like wishes his whole family was eaten by sharks for christmas and then they are oh god <laughs> That's what it's about, Santa Jaws. Why was that Is, released in the okay. middle of the summer? I don't know. It may not have just been released, but there's just an article written about 2018, it. 2018, yeah. My question, my question is, has the word coroner changed the way it's been spelled since 1975? How is it spelled? In the film, it's coroner. C-O-R-N-E-R. I don't think it's been changed. It may be a, may be a problem. Because, and I would say it's like a an error, but it's... In that shot, which is an excellent shot, where he's typing out shark, shark attack on a typewriter. When Brody is typing his initial report in Chrissy's death, the, re the recipient is the coroner's office as opposed to coroner. It is possible this is an intentional choice in filmmaking as is Brody's first report to the office and done so under emotional stress. But it's spelled coroner twice. Where? It says remove to address coroner's office removed by C-Corner, name and unit. And then it says probable cause of death, shark attack. I mean... That's a great shot, by the way. Yeah, it is. Where it, like, it looks at him, and then doesn't it, like, come around and zoom in on the thing? Yeah. God, that's a camera work in this movie is so good. It is very good. He did a very good job with it. It is very Hitchcock, especially that shot in particular that you just mentioned. Yeah, when you just look at the still from when it does the, like, super zoom on his face, like, you can feel the camera moving, even though it's not. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's a very well shot movie. It's a very well written movie, very well acted movie. I mean, I've... I'm not crazy about Richard Dreyfus in movies. Uh, he usually no. drives me nuts. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of times where I would list him as my least favorite part of a movie, but he did just phenomenally in this movie. He's Hooper, yeah. right? What other? I mean, obviously he's a huge famous name, but I'm having a hard time placing him in other films. Uh, right he now. is the psychiatrist in What About Bob? Mm. And he's just a royal jack. Um, he's still active. He was in uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And he was an idiot, and he was annoying, and he spent a lot of stuff where he's like an idiot and annoying. He played Dick Cheney. In what? W. Uh, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. I love Josh Brolin. I do, too. But he's not in this movie. No. He wasn't active in 1977, I imagine, as he was nine. <laughs> he could be. Who knows? It wouldn't be impossible. Was W any good? Uh, yeah, it was all right. Not my favorite movie I've ever seen, but not terrible. You know what's crazy about Josh Brolin is that he is Cable and Thanos. 
in the same year. In the same year. But not only that, he is not known for being either of those characters. Oh, that's silly. Yeah. He's known for No Country for Old Men, Inherent Vice, Milk, and W. Oh, he was, uh, Richard Drivers in Stand By Me. It's a great movie. He played the, the, like, narrator, and he was just annoying. And, uh, that's Will Wheaton? What the f***? Yeah, you didn't know that? I did not that? know that. Oh, that's like the I thing. learned that right now, that that's Will Wheaton. That you were today years old? I was today years old when I learned that Gordy Lachance is Will Wheaton. What the heck? How did I not know yeah, that? Yeah, that's like the whole thing. I did Quill not Wheaton. know that. Wow. Wow. You know what's crazy about Will Wheaton is I'm not sure I know what the hype about Will Wheaton even is. Uh, He was on Star Trek, and then he plays Will Wheaton on The Big Bang Theory. And apparently he was Gordy Lachance. Who was he in Star Trek? Was Wesley like Crusher. Card? Who's Wesley Crusher? He's the guy that Will Wheaton plays in Star Trek in The Next Generation. He's, Is he he's like, like a the, bumbling idiot. So he's not the Captain Kirk character? No. That's Patrick Stewart. Oh, duh. So I'm looking at this poster for Star Trek The Next Generation. Is he the guy with the with the beard? No. He's not like a what? main character. What? Yeah, that's not Will Wheaton with the beard. That's, uh... Who's the guy with the beard? Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's Data. No, it's, uh... No, Data's in the top right. This is very descriptive. I don't know anything about Star Trek, if I'm being 100% honest with you. Riker. Yeah. Who plays Riker? Uh, Jonathan Frakes. Is he good? Uh, it looks like he is known for being Riker. That's all. Yeah, Star Trek First Contract, Star Trek Insurrection, Star Trek Generations, and Star Trek Nemesis. Four of the Star Trek movies as Riker. All right. Well, back to Jaws. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So Richard Dreyfuss is, is all right, and I learned things about Will Wheaton. Uh, Will Wheaton also narrates the Ready Player One audiobook. And does a very good job of it. Very, very good. And he's Sheldon Cooper's arch nemesis in Big Bang Theory. When it comes to sitcoms, why do people like the Big Bang Theory so much? Uh, because it's a show about smart people made for dumb people. Is that it? Yeah. God, that show's bad. Yeah, there's like... It's like unwatchably bad. It didn't used to be. No, the beginning... It, it definitely had its its moments. Like, they're, they're, uh, the first few seasons are pretty funny. And they had some, yeah. some genuinely different characters. But now it's just really yeah. annoying that... Jump the shark like seven seasons ago. What season are they uh, on? Like eleven, something like that. Probably not that many. There's a lot of seasons though. It's been on for a while. I like the Johnny Galecki guy. I think that guy's. I don't. I don't like his character in the show. I think he's stupid. But he was rusty in Christmas Vacation. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing I think I sort of knew in the back of my head. Yeah, season eleven was uh, finished up on May. 2018. Oh, they're just going to keep making it? I think so. God, I can't handle this show. It says September 2007 to the present, so it's not over. Um, I do like uh, uh, um, Johnny Galecki was in a really good movie with Jay Moore called Suicide Kings. Uh, it's worth it's worth more. your time. It's um, I'm trying to remember how to describe it. Jay Moore, that guy, two other people, kidnap Christopher Walken, who's this like mob boss character, mm-hmm. and it's just it's hard to describe. You just kind of got to watch it. Apparently not, actually. It's got a 34% Rotten Tomato score. <laughs> 43 out of Metacritic. Jesus Christ. 7 out of 10 on IMDb. I enjoyed this movie. <laughs> Quite a bit. Yeah, it's just about this. It sounds like you this were, gang of you were the four people that like they're all kind of like an archetypal person, and they all discover that they hate each other because Christopher Walken's this like vindictive jack who turns them against each other. I guess it's apparently terrible, but that's fine. Anyway, Jaws. Why do I? Why do you what? Who's Jay Moore? Why do I know? That Jay guy? Moore's that guy that uh, he's the comedian. It's the, the thing about the the beer for you used to love to quote. Yeah, no, old Milwaukee's a beer for. <laughs> Drink the house beer. It's freaking, it's freaking great. great. That was a John Vitello thing. Yeah, I showed him that. Did you? In fact, he oh, latched onto it. Day. But that's Jay Moore. Yeah, that guy. He looks like Mr. Incredible, but like a real person, but smaller. That's weird. That's exactly what he looks like. <laughs> that's what I've always thought. Every time I see Mr. Incredible, I'm like, that's just Jay Moore. <laughs> anyway, Jaws. Right. A little bit of stress. Stress. Jaws. Yaws. Yaws. If if. If if Bruce was in a house at Hogwarts, what house would he be in? Bruce the shark? Bruce the shark. 
uh, probably Slytherin. He's pretty ambitious. He is very ambitious. He just wants to cunning. Eat. Yeah, cunning is definitely a thing because they're like he has that scene where he's like, "Have you ever seen a great white do that?" And Hooper's like, "No, I haven't. <laughs> no, never, never in my life seen yeah. that." So he's pretty cunning. He could pull those barrels down. He's not supposed to. He's, he's ambitious. He jumps up on the boat to try to eat people. You don't think he's brave? No, not particularly. I think he tries very hard. Yeah, he's a Slytherin. It's definitely a Slytherin. If sharks were on land, they'd be reptiles. Sharks and snakes are very similar. No arms, bitey, definitely a Slytherin. 10 out of 10. This is me scratching my beard at you. <laughs> what does that mean? Some ASMR. Please stop doing that. It's not, not that kind of podcast. <laughs> Neat. Neat zero, burrito zero. Anyhow, what, how, where do you where do you rank Brody? What house is he in? Brody? He's a puff, dude. You think? I mean, he's a family man. That's what gets me thinking about puff. And he's like, what are, what are the classifications? What do they care about? Um, let me pull up just a little guide because I'm no professional here. I mean, I am professional. Of course I am. So would you say that Hooper's a Gryffindor or a Ravenclaw? Hooper? Yeah. He's a Ravenclaw every day of the week. He's a smart yeah, man. He's brave, though. No, he's not. He's... Yeah, but he, he does it yeah, because he, he feels like he has cage. to. Like, yeah, Hooper's the kind of guy that, like, if you were so his boss, you'd be like, okay, Hooper, I need you to put out a best-selling record. And he wouldn't think of it as, like, an ambition to release a best-selling record. He would be like, okay, what steps do I need to take for a best-selling record to be on the shelves? Like, there would be no ambitiously attacking the clause. It would just be, all right, well, if you want to sell a best-selling record, first you need to learn how to play an instrument. I'm going to go practice piano for 20 years so that I know how to play piano well enough to sell a best-selling record. Okay, cool. And then 20 years later, he'd be like, all right, cool, I got the piano thing down. Now what do I need to do? Okay, I need to find Alicia Keys. Okay. And then he would just like get in touch with Alicia Keys and like it, it wouldn't be exciting. It would just be a process. He's a Ravenclaw for sure. So he's a Ravenclaw. So then so then you're saying that Brody is a, is a puff. Hooper's a Ravenclaw. And yeah. Quinn's a Gryffindor. Quinn's definitely a Gryffindor. Yeah. He's super brave. Quinn's absolutely a Gryffindor. Yeah. Recklessly brave. Um, I don't know if he's the most chivalrous. Well, he might be. I mean, he says he's like he has a healthy respect sleeping for Sleeping with bow-legged women or whatever. Swimming. Swimming. What does that even mean? To swimming. No idea. It's just one of those things that Quint says. There's the great scene where they're they're driving out of the harbor, like out of the dock, and it's just an endless track of Quint saying Quint things while they drive out. None of them makes any sense. Right. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. What what does he say? I'm trying to remember the scene. Sorry. I was trying to then say that. Catch up to you, but I couldn't find the quotes fast enough. It's not about the quotes. Well paint. Doesn't matter what he says. What is like I I know you painted the picture for what does he say? I just I don't know what he says on the top of my head. It's just it's a whole like three or four minutes of him just saying random catchphrases. Yeah, that's what they, I, they one of the things I loved about out. Quint the whole movie was that like like when when Brody's wife runs away. You from the boat. talked about a quote that I was waiting for the whole time where somebody says to Brody's wife, "Are you Brody's wife?" and she says yes, and then he says, "No, oh, it's Hooper." Hooper when he comes over to to, to dinner to tell Brody they need to go uh, look at the shark, brings over the bottle of wine, and he and she answers the door, and and he's just like, "Are you?" Chief Brody's wife, and she goes, "Yes, I am." And he goes, "I'd like to speak with him." And she goes, "So would what a I." Brutal line. Because he's clearly just clearly just he, sitting there. He's drinking not brandy or scotch or whatever, and then he pours the wine into the scotch. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. He um he's got a glass of bra- of scotch or whiskey or whatever. I don't know what it is. Uh, and some ice, and he takes the bottle of red wine that Hooper just opened and pours and, and wine over it. top of that, and like fills the glass up. And Hooper's like, "You we'll may want to let that breathe." Okay. Bre- That's mind. fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're just gonna. If yeah, it's that just, kind of day, that, that kind of day. Um, so the shark. So we've got all four houses represented here. Do you think that uh, the author of the book met with J.K. beforehand to make sure that he got that down? Um, <laughs> probably not. If I had to take a guess. Um, let's let's see here. Let me figure out the logistics of that real quick. How old is Jaws the book? Uh, a lot. Of- so, Jaws the book was written in Wait, 1974. Really? 
Yeah, Jaws the Book was written in 1974. Uh, J.K. Rowling the okay, Person was so made in 1965. We're back to this so she'd problem. So she'd have been nine. Where somebody was nine and therefore what not problem? in Jaws. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would imagine that J.K. Rowling is you think so. uh, uninvolved you think that, in Jaws. So there's no chance Almost that entirely. like yeah. Brody is a member of the Makuza sent to spy on Amity Island. I'm not saying there's no chance. Look, J.K. Rowling just wrote what was told to her. Shouldn't we like lock her up? I mean, she's saying some pretty crazy Why? <laughs> she, it's not her fault that it's true it's not true ethan the harry potter universe isn't real that bridge in london is still I mean, standing is, though. they took yeah, out a bridge okay. in the book that was too. the movie yeah but they took out a bridge that's still standing not that bridge i imagine it is that didn't they take out like standing. tower bridge no it's just a random bridge in a bridge like the in english london. countryside oh. not in the book what was that the first chapter of five they talk about that <laughs> what are you giggling at over there <laughs> i was reading I was looking for those Quint lines that we were talking about when he just like says a bunch of Quintisms. And uh, this line is just Quint, parentheses, in shark's mouth, parentheses. <laughs> ah! he, he does get eaten by the shark. Very sad little scene you got going on. You lose your uh, your ship boat captain and the ship. Um, and the ship. You also chum the water pretty good in an area where you know there's at least like 15 foot tiger sharks. Also, man, if you're that tiger shark, how much of a lousy predator do you feel? You go to Amity Island and you're like, I'm going to be the big bad shark here. I'm a huge tiger shark. And tiger sharks aren't even native to this area. And then freaking Jaws has to show up and be like, okay, you're a big shark, but I'm a big shark. <laughs> I'm a big shark. I'm a really big shark. And I'm, yeah, I'm much a much bigger mouth. eviscerating children. Yeah, and they're just like, what is this bite radius thing we're talking about? The townsfolk or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, it is like, a big screw shark. Bite radius. That's a big shark. Happy man. news, we got it out of the water. It looked like it didn't even have teeth, though. Like I thought they caught a whale, like they did in the Meg. I mean, obviously it's not a whale. It looks like a shark, but it looks like a shark without much teeth. Yeah, I mean, in the Meg, they have the exact same conversation when uh, when Jonas is showing her the phone, and he's just like, eh, "I don't know about that bite radius." And then there's obviously the second shark, and, and it eats the first the shark off the boat. What a wild yeah, movie! Too. Yeah, the Meg. I mean, I don't. Think I'm team have the to Meg. See it. I think it's a great summer blockbuster, no doubt about it. But like, if somebody's like, "I've never seen the Meg," I'm not gonna and be like, how dare you? Well, I don't, I don't think that's what one. makes it a one. Yeah, oh, no we never said if this movie is a If you are at all like a film person, you need to see this before you watch Titanic. I said it. I said, if you're at all like a, an aspiring film person, you need to go watch Jaws before you watch Titanic. Oh, absolutely. Right. As long as we're talking about like Titanic. water thrillers, I think this comes before Titanic. It's, I mean, yeah, I mean, you do need to see, yeah, you do need to see Titanic. That's comes before a lot of things. But, like, watch this first. Yeah, yeah. Like, this right. is a dumb dichotomy, though. I mean, you can do both. If you got I'm curious, seven what, hours. What are we looking at on time here? I don't know what else I have Hour to say. Hour 22 minutes. I really don't. So, I've said this. I know I have. A little bit of change of topic, but still on Jaws. I've said this every single time that we have reviewed a movie with a John Williams score. And I have said this exact phrase... You know, I think this might be John Williams' best work, but, uh... Do you really? You know, I think this might be John Williams' best work. I actually disagree with you. It's pretty good. I agree that it's, it's an good. amazing score. This is score. a pretty amazing score. I agree. Score. I've, I've heard the story. I don't know if it's true. That, like, John Williams was with Spielberg, and Spielberg was like, I'm, I'm making a shark movie. I, you got six months to come up with something. Six months later, he walks into his office, he sits down at the piano, and he plays two notes right next to each other. Uh, yep. That is true? That is that is true. Okay. So, that is a confirmed you know, I think fact. that's yeah. hilarious. And I think the Jaws theme is brilliant. There was one scene, though, where the music actually took me out of it in, I think, the wrong direction. So... 
Okay, explain Towards that. the end, the shark has three barrels, and they are chasing the shark. And the boat's falling apart. The shark is not pulling them, but pulling the barrels, and they're chasing it down. The music is, like, triumphant. It's, like, excited, and it, to me, it took me out of it in such a way that it was, like, the danger is over. Is what it... Right, they felt like yeah, it because was, they, but they I felt, felt like, like it so was. many times in the movie. You're talking about that scene... You're talking about yeah. that scene where Quint's like, ah, we're going to lead him back in the shore. Yeah, I, absolutely. I'm I'm absolutely with you. But I See, I, just, I think it's a negative thing because I think what the score does so well in this movie is in a lot of scenes, the score will play the da-da. Right when you think things are normal or good and happy. And I feel like the score did like a better... The score was like a third-person omniscient point of view and the characters were given a third-person limited point of view. And it gives you a really cool experience as the viewer. And in this particular scene, I felt like the score was giving us the perspective of the characters as opposed to the perspective of the story as a whole. And to me, that was a negative. Yeah, I just don't agree with that. I see what you're saying completely. That's a very good point. But I just don't agree with it at all. I, I, that, that was that was the moment where I was like, damn, to this me, is the a good Jaws score. theme is what makes it a great score. Because I felt like, I, no, I, I love the theme, but to me, it's all the incidental music that happens in between, all the right. happy, bouncy, now, this was a ET type music that that just makes it feel like it's it's because to them it, it's it, even they're they're on the boat, man. They're invincible. Nothing. And correct can hurt me if them I'm wrong. I boat. know, right? Which yeah, is obviously not uh, true. We see does. two minutes later, um, but. Was this a film where yeah. I don't I don't know if it was or not. I, I just don't know the, the research well enough. I know a lot of films in the 70s and 80s were filmed and all of the sound effects came from the score. It's like gunshots and things like that were like not added in post. Was that the case with this? Or no? I don't that know. That was like that. a normal thing back then. Like, like I'm the, not really the, sure what you're saying. The only sound that I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like the there was practical effects in the music that played into the story probably yeah i mean i could see that i'm not sure what this was i know that in the scene with the uh in the scene where the head pops out of the boat that was a scene that was when i was like oh crap this is crazy so so they made john williams move that because there's just like the head pops out and right before it there's this just like god-awful screech of music they made him move that screech to be a couple seconds before you see the head okay so then it's like because apparently yeah it was apparently it was supposed to be the screech and the head at the same time and people that saw it in tests just lost their minds that was the scariest moment in the movie yeah it was terrifying it's like even even the way it plays and i think it ended up worse because of that but even the way it plays it's like i jumped out of my skin because the way it ended up and i don't like i said i don't think it was any better because the way it ended up it's like you hear that piece of music which calls your attention to something crazy is about to happen and then the head pops out and you're like ready for it visually i, I wasn't your ready mind's for not it. ready for i didn't it. remember that scene from like previous viewings of this film and i was like oh my god that's horrifying yeah it's actually shot in steven hmm. spielberg's pool fun fact they uh yeah they they shot an original version of it in the water with everything else and then they were just like steven spielberg was like it doesn't look good i can do it better and just grabbed the severed head from the props and like a piece of the boat and like shot it by himself in an afternoon in his pool. and it ended up it like is that absolutely horrifying yeah terrifying scene like um, but yes, I did remember that because I've seen the DVD on TV like commentary thing for this a couple times, and that is one of the things that I remember. They do DVD on TV that, for things that, that aren't Ghost Rider Two being moved. Wild. Yeah, I think it's just Ghost Rider Two and Jaws. It's always possibly Ghost Rider Groundhog 2 Day. I'm near a TV. No, I've definitely seen it for Jaws and Groundhog Day. Wild. I'm learning so much. Possibly Independence Day as well. I think. I've seen Groundhog Day. 
And Ghost Rider. I know too. you haven't. And Jaws. No, but you haven't seen Independence Day. I know I should. Unfortunate. You should really watch it. I'm it's a good see movie. Crazy Rich Asians. It looks really good. Nice. I've heard it is. What are we talking about? Jaws. So you think this is the best score? Jaws. I don't know that it is. I think. I, I mean, I think Star Wars might be the greatest film score of all time. Um, no, I don't think so. You think it's Jaws? I don't know if it's Jaws necessarily, and I, I actually don't think this is this is John Williams' best work. It's just like that's that thought always crosses really my mind every time I hear John difference. Williams' score. Um, but as as long as we're talking about grand movie themes for John Williams. Yeah. Jurassic Park has a better theme uh, than Star Wars. Star Wars. So. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it's still not Jurassic my Park favorite movie it? theme. But what is? Yeah, uh, the Magnificent Seven. Really? The original one, not the new one. It's just a really, really good. I'm piece trying to of think. Music. I was gonna give you. You know? No, I haven't. I and have I know no you've idea. probably never heard that that um, theme, but. You should listen to it. Yeah, you should listen to it when you get a second. It's like, you just, I mean, it's a, like a seven right. minute long song, but you need to listen to like the first minute. I like Catch Me If You Can. That's got great. Westerns, Westerns, Westerns have really good themes. Good themes. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of, a lot of my favorite like themes have been Western movies, especially Clint Eastwood movies, but that's a, a whole different topic we get into later. Um, but as far as John Williams goes, yeah, I mean, all those movies are amazing. Um, the early Harry Potter movies had incredible scores. The Star Wars movies obviously did. This did. Jurassic Park did. E.T. did. Man, people love E.T. I, that's one that I just don't buy into. It's, it's never been my favorite. Score. It does I have just, an amazing score, though. When it comes to E.T., I just don't care, you know? Yeah. And, that, I mean, that's the famous story of uh, where he wrote the piece of music without having mm-hmm. seen the, the final cut of the movie and turned the piece of movie, music into Spielberg saying, cut it up however you need. And Spielberg is like, nope, we're recutting the movie With for this e. piece of music. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, like a famous story of John Williams and Steven Spielberg having their That'd interactions. That'd be a friendship I'd like to be a part of. Like, I could be Steven Spielberg's John Williams and Steven Spielberg? And I just get to... Yeah, I mean, Steven Spielberg has... I mean, John Williams yeah. and Steven Spielberg have done a lot of great movies together. You know it didn't have great music? Ready Player One. What? No. Uh, I don't think it was John Williams. I don't think John Williams knows how to work a synthesizer oh, that well. This whole movie was... Uh... They'd be like, hey man, no strings. Yeah, and he's no, like, doing um, just say I no. quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm John f- Williams. I can do whatever I want. Did it even have a score? <sighs> Ready Player One? Um, Alan Silvestri. I mean, I can't remember anything about it. <laughs> so it should have been pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. It might be. I just don't remember it. It was Silvestri originally also does a lot of great work, actually, and with Spielberg. Yeah. Really? In fact, this was the first uh, first film that Spielberg did, major film that Spielberg did that John Williams didn't do, except for Color Purple and Bridge of Spies. So this is the third third that he didn't do. Hmm. Well, I mean, Silvestri does all the Zemeckis movies, so he's obviously pretty... Uh, yeah, he's definitely not nobody. Capable. Back to the yeah, Future. Yeah, he did your, your favorite movies. Yeah. I do like Back to the Future. I feel like we're about to have a hard conversation about Back to the Future. You want to put this above Back to the Future? We're close to there. I think uh, we can be there. We're not there yet, are we? I don't really I don't really have anything else to add if I'm honest with well, you. We could be there. Um here's the I don't know if it's an injustice or if it's just like a I had an experience yesterday where I was I never related to boomers so well and it was just oh you definitely have related to boomers pretty well so you know how boomers always talk about like dungeons and dragons and stuff like that where they would get all their friends together and play games and it was a good time uh no i think you have a fundamental fundamental misunderstanding of what a baby boomer is you know how the generation before us would say that or even like the stickball conversation sort of yeah well that's a baby boomer thing so baby boomers played outside what was the pinnacle best way to spend a night with 
your friends. Like, what was, there was nothing better than this experience. A LAN party. Oh, doing like a LAN party. Yesterday, I went to a LAN party. Like a real deal LAN party. Actually, it wasn't because in the Xbox One, you can't actually do LAN. So we just had three TVs in three rooms and three different Xbox Live accounts. But, and we just played custom games Halo. And that was like the best thing about growing up. Like, I have dreams about playing Halo with you and Chris and Devin and Evan and Mike and everyone. And it being like doing like custom games and having so much fun. And yeah. like, like Rockets is no fun when you're playing with a bunch of strangers on the internet because somebody's inevitably very good at it. Or even anything online with strangers on the internet because somebody's inevitably very good at it. Um, but when you play with just right. friends who haven't played Halo in you know 10 years, everybody's equally bad except me who was actually shockingly good, which was also a great feeling. But like last night I went to this LAN party and I was playing the games and I was like, like everybody was roughly the same skill and everybody was having a good time. And like this just feeling of pure joy, like I smiled without anybody talking to me, without like anything happening, just playing video games and just sheer elation across my face. And it was just absolutely amazing. And I related to the boomers because it was, or whatever the previous generation was, because it was always like, it was one of those, the way things were back then moments that I like firsthand got to experience. Experience. And it was so fun. Like it was way more fun than like, and we bought like Mountain Dew and pizza and Doritos and yeah. And so we had a couple right. years of that, and then everything started to move to online. It was fun to do. And it, it was still fun because you know you're playing with all your friends. It's like we all had the same games. It's like I remember staying up till four o'clock in the morning playing Halo on Halo Three online. With, right. You know the same eight people every time we're just playing custom games, or there would be like eight eight of us in matchmaking. Right. On, and that like, was awesome. One side of a BTB and, game. And I just miss right like that just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen anymore. Like, it doesn't even need to be LAN. It can be online. Right. It's all oh, about God. just crushing strangers in I Fortnite, can't do Fortnite now. anymore. And you play by yourself. But. Yeah, I never got into Fortnite, but I've anyway, only ever played Halo. In your house. It stood the test of time. We played. We had the Master Chief Collection, and we played every single game on there. We we did a couple rounds at Hang 'Em High. We played. I don't think we That's played awesome. Halo Two, but then we played a lot of Dang. Halo Three, which is the one I was. I was the best at all of them. Like I don't want to toot my own horn because we were all you know relative to the competitive Halo community very bad. But I was winning every game last night. <laughs> and Call of Duty. It's just Call it. of Duty Fortnite's killed it, killed man. It. Honestly. Um. Yeah. Well, Call of Duty spawned Fortnite. Fortnite is the rebellion to Call of Duty because yeah. it's a lot less twitchy. So it's more in the direction of Halo, what Halo used to be, yeah. but it's just I wrong. just loved Halo. And we played Halo 4, and that was surprisingly good. That was the one... I remember playing it in our dorm when we lived with Sean. We played through the whole story in like three days and then never touched it again. Well, I have the Master Chief. Yeah, I think now, I still so have your copy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, same, but... Yeah. I have your copy for like uh, the 360. I mean, that's cool because you lost my Halo Wars, I don't think so I, I don't feel I bad about it. it. I don't know. No, if I had it, I remember looking for it because I wanted to play it. Well, e- and I was going to buy the second one because I wanted to play it, and I might do that today. Halo Wars were always very disappointing yeah, but real-time strategy I also games. realized, like, the Halo lore, I never read the books, but I knew the lore more than I thought. Because, like, other people were like, why is, even just simple stuff, like, why is 117 over our head? Like, that was just, like, the guest gamer tag was, your little number was 117, and it was like, yeah that's because that's the spartans number yeah i mean you just gotta pay attention to the story you don't need to read the books i mean the story's pretty in-depth across the games but anyway that was i don't know if that i just i definitely miss staying up late and playing video games and all of that and now that i feel like i've done it i feel like it was such an isolated experience that if we try to recreate it it it's never gonna be quite the same like it's gonna 
you're going to start thinking about like too much about the strategy or right. Yeah. You, you got to do that thing one right, time every, right. You can't uh, five years like, then. Right. And that's, can't that's become really the norm sad. again. Like <laughs> it like breaks my heart. That that's the case. But it also made me think that uh, if we ever have, you know, the time and energy that bacon and eggs plays Halo would be a great, uh, even if we just did the campaign. We've we've promised a lot of games that we have yet to play. So anyway, that's that's not necessarily an injustice, but that's just something that really brought me joy this week. What about you, Ethan? Any injustices or joys or media check-in you want to bring in or anything like that? Anything you you have an injustice? I have an injustice. Yeah. Who? Harry's hat. Harry Potter? Harry. Oh, that is some bad hat, Harry. That's some bad hat, Harry. That's your whole injustice? Oh. I do love no, that line. I don't really have an injustice. The injustice yeah. is the fact What's that I have to like move. For Ethan? I hate moving. It really? sucks. It stresses me out more than anything in the world. Legitimately. You're going to yeah. have to move again, aren't you? I mean, um, probably. Forever, are you? I mean, yeah, I'm gonna have to right. move again, do, but I don't think it'll so be like as bad. Our house. <laughs> right, and I can do it like on my own Maybe. time. And are you gonna unpack when you get there? How is that gonna work? Um, I'm imagining what's gonna happen is I'm gonna pack everything into boxes. I'm gonna put most of it in my parents' storage unit. Take the things I need home. Um, move again in six months, bringing only the things I need, and then just going through and throwing everything I own do away. Do you ever, like, I love throwing my stuff away. I, my, my goal throughout this whole process of moving this time has been to decrease the stuff I own by half, and I'm not gonna get to half. I'm just not. Why not? What do you even own? Just a bunch of stuff. Like, that's that's what always blows my mind. It's like, I'm always like, what I do even I know. even have to move? Like, how many tools in this house do I really even use? Well, it's like right now, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going through and putting everything away in boxes, and I've got, like, a mm, box that's halfway books. full of books. I love books. Um, I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing all of my old textbooks to the mail place tomorrow to uh, send them off to get money back for them. So I'm doing that. Nice. Well thing done. I've said I was going to do for the last five years. Yeah. I'm going to get like $100 back on textbooks, which I probably paid $700 for over the years, but whatever. Um, and then I've got another box that's just kind of half full of like stuff, just, just like r- random odds and ends. And other than that, uh, not a whole lot, honestly. I mean, I'm going to have a box of stuff for my kitchen. Obviously, I'm gonna have a box of like video game systems and game cases and all that crap. And then uh, there's like a box of like my Legos and pop figures. figures. Do you have? How many Legos do you have? Four. A bunch. And then like how many guitars do you have? Like with you? With me? Well, that's not bad. Uh, right now, like three. No. Are you gonna but take those can't your go in boxes. Paintings? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just gonna, gonna throw them stuff. away. Yeah. I mean, like my wall decorations. That's another thing. So it's like wait, I'll that's have, like, it. Four like all boxes. of your stuff is just four or five but, boxes, right? And furniture and clothes. I'm fascinated by your. So like I'm just I'm throwing a bunch of stuff. Well, I don't stuff you never wear. Stuff I never use. Stuff I never touch. I'm doing it right now. Yeah. I they got rid of about like five third of my t-shirts. I went through just the other day. I have three drawers in my dresser full of pants. Still the case, but they were they were more full. I, I have no very few pants. I went through and I tried on every pair of shorts and pants I own, and if it didn't fit like that minute, like even if I'm focusing on like trying to lose weight or whatever, if it doesn't fit right now, then I'm just gonna throw it away. And my reward for losing weight will be buying new pants. Like, <laughs> like yeah, I, I did that too. Not stuff that didn't fit, but it's like I I threw away a bunch of because uh, I just quit my office job. Throw away a bunch of dress shirts right. that like I probably right. could have stayed to replace anyway. Right. Because like I've just been washing them instead of dry cleaning them. They're, so they're just kind of like yeah. Not I definitely know that they, they've seen better days. So I threw away some of those. Stuff that's just got, like, stains I'm never going to quite get out. Um, and then a bunch of t-shirts I never wear. I do need to figure out what to do with, like, t-shirts that have, make like, quilt. sentimental value to them. I know, but I have a bunch of them, so I just need to make quilts. I don't know how to make quilts, though. I need a service where I can mail I mean, all I of my t-shirts and they guy? send me back a, a quilt. Yeah, yeah I'd love a guy, that. actually. Because I have a bunch of t-shirts where it's like, I did this thing and I want to have that memory, but it's like, it's I don't want to get rid of it, t-shirt. but I also don't want to wear that t-shirt. So, like, I love t-shirt quilts, and I'll, I'll have them right. and use them like photo albums. But Well, let's 
are you ready to do some some rankings? Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and yeah, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah, so this is uh, actually this is weird because this will be the last episode we record in this apartment. Listener, we've we've asked a little bit of you to watch older films these past two weeks, and granted, there are older films that I think most people have seen, but I feel like a lot of you listeners like newer films, understandably so. Uh, most of you are younger, and most of you like certain studios. Neither of these films fall under those studios. So I was thinking, what if we stick with our summer water theme, and next week we reviewed Dead Man's Chest? No, Curse of Black Pearl. I'm about that. And that way we get to review one of our favorite movies. And Yeah, done. But um, Pirates yeah, 1. Yeah, so let's, let's do that then. And let's then do if, Pirates. If people are like, oh my god, you're talking Pirates, I love Pirates, yeah. then we'll talk the next two. Yeah. Well, we then we can talk about three. three. Two's not that good. I don't really want to talk about oh. two. Two's not that good. And we can if it's like really demanding. Three is good. But I don't really yeah. want to. I've never yeah, seen Three is good. Five. Three is very good. Yeah, I've seen I haven't four. seen four or five. I heard four was terrible and five is passable. <laughs> so kind of like uh, two and three. <sighs> Anyway, um, so let's do some wrapping of upping. So the first thing we got to talk let's about is do the some villain, wrapping the shark upping. Here. I think we got a ten out of ten shark. Yeah, this is yeah. pretty as much as, as good as the, go. the iceberg. Yeah, just straight it's up achieves. Creepy. He gets to eat a person on screen and a dog. Yeah, that's pretty evil. Yep. Yeah, and and God knows who so, else. Well done, shark. I'm happy for the shark. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce. No. Bruce is a ten out of ten villain. I don't know if it's quite as good as the Titanic iceberg. Like, it, yeah, they're both a ten, but if it's, if one's more right. a ten, it's probably the iceberg. Yeah, because the iceberg just cold, uh, heartless. But yeah, yeah, murderer. Like, just murder hundreds and hundreds of people. So, in, in like you two want to hours. talk about ranking the film, correct? Yeah. yeah. Big Hold on. Board. Let me get the, the big board open. Get the big right board here. open. I do not. So, give me give me one momento. Well, I had the big board open. Now it's gone. Continue read. There we go. Is this updated? Yes, it is. It's got Titanic on it. Look at that. Titanic, for those curious, ended at 23 when we readjusted all the numbers and everything. Yep. And I can I think it's safe to say it's going to drop. Uh, yeah, today. for sure. Um, So, this for me, we're looking in the top 10 territory. Easy honestly yeah honestly top five territory okay I now agree. i'm gonna i'm okay with it i mean really this is either two or five where do you what where do you okay. where would you put it why do you say that are you thinking four I'm so just, i think you either I'm just curi- no i wasn't thinking four it's to me it's like and i mean i know we probably will find the exception where we're gonna be like that was a better movie than a new hope but not as good as empire I but like to me those are stuck my yeah right so now. my thinking is you either look infinity war in the eye and you say it's just not jaws or you accept that the force awakens and infinity war are excellent steps forward in modern cinema c- cinema and really are modern classics and are going to make a difference and will still matter 30 years from now. Even though we're not talking about the reviews 30 years from now, we're talking about the reviews today in 2018. Yeah, it was, all you're doing is hurting it out 30 years. Uh, we're talking about it yeah. today. Because honestly, I seriously don't think that it will be looked at the same way within the I'm next curious to see what's going to happen there. I really am. Because I, I honestly think it's an excellent piece of cinema. I really do. Um, I mean, it, it, for the series, yeah, it's great. And this is, my, this is my whole issue with it. For the series, it's great. If you talk about it as a standalone movie by itself... As like what it did for movies, I, it didn't do anything. It's not even a very well crafted movie. It doesn't deserve the ending it got. Oh, I loved it. Maybe that's you know maybe that's my blinders on and, and loving you know the MCU and and what the MCU's done for like movie universes. I, I still it's maintain not. it's not the best MCU movie. Thor Ragnarok. Is. Yeah, but it's it's rated the highest by five places. It is above Empire. Correct. Where as long as we're talking Jaws. I, so uh, that's what I'm getting at here is that like if it's okay, better than Empire, it's better than Infinity War because I honestly don't think Infinity War is better than Empire. Okay. That's what I'm getting at. I'm not saying we need to move Infinity War right now at least. I do think we need we will when we when Avengers Four comes out. I think we will. Well, need I also to think you know we've got the annual Infinity review War. coming up. In, in October, where we can, you know, adjust yeah. as necessary. But you're gonna. I mean, I also just don't right. want to like around with the whole. No, list. me neither. I think we need to 
see, but yeah, we've we've so far we've set a precedent of moving movies, right? And we did last very sparingly. Okay, we did. We moved. I don't. I don't want to move Infinity War. The conversation here is to to me: is this a better movie than The Force Awakens? I think an argument can be made for it. So you think it's either one or two, basically? So you think beyond yeah. shadow of a doubt, this is better than I like. I and I have always liked this movie. So you better think, than yeah, beyond shadow of a doubt, better than classic movies. Star Wars and Baby Driver. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's better than Baby Driver. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I don't want okay. to put it below Empire. So I'm saying, and, and and like I said, to me, Infinity War is not as good as Empire. So it's either one or two. And well, there's an I want to hear your arguments for both ways then. I think objectively, it really? is absolutely a better movie. Yeah, I think that there are several movies on this list that are objectively a better movie than The Force Awakens. But I don't care about objectively. That's not the point. I'm just saying objectively, it is a better movie. Uh, objectively, Monty Python's probably a better movie. Baby Driver's probably a better movie. Uh, Empire's probably a better movie. Objectively, but I love I The too. Force Awakens. And and the thing about our list is that it's not an objective list. Like if you look through here, like that's what I'm saying. Ah. Uh, but here's my butt for that. This time I watched Jaws, and when we did it, I was like, and, and you've been saying this for the past couple months, you're like, man, I really like Jaws. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, Jaws is cool. And you just keep talking about Jaws. I'm like, really? Jaws? And then I watched this, this movie, and I was really like, really is real right. deal very good. This is a, this is a, really, yeah. this is a really good movie. A really good movie. But I don't know if I could put it higher than The Force Awakens. I think it deserves to be higher than The Force Awakens. I don't want to put it higher than The Force Awakens. I love The Force Awakens. I really do. Like, that one is one that floors me every time I watch it. Like, holy crap, this is good. And it parallels Infinity War it's really such well, a good as long movie. as we're talking about that where Force Awakens introduces new character Infinity War only introduces Thanos um, but it's got the unchangeable death at the end it's got like the, that amazing lightsaber battle in the snow but it's tough because I feel like we're is it more of a statement to say that Jaws is better than The Force Awakens or like to say that like it is more of a statement if we if we want to make a statement it is more of a statement to say that uh, Force Awakens is a better movie than Jaws because I think any air quote film person I, is going to tell us we're being idiots by considering The Force Awakens I the think, best movie I think like Cinematography is what a lot of film people look at, right? Like that's what a lot of people care about. Um, and I think The yeah. Force Awakens is an excellent film in that regard for teaching cinematography. Like how more basic can you get than like Ray is bit basked in blue light and like? <laughs> no, I, I absolutely agree with you. I I agree with you. I'm saying that like it's not going to get classicists. past the classicists. Okay, I. Here's what we're gonna do. I know we're not. That's right. that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm saying about the statement, though. If you want to make a statement, the statement is it that also Force is... Awakens is a better movie than Jaws. The statement to make in the first place yeah, is that, that Force Awakens a, is a better movie that than was Empire. A bold move on our part. Like we made that statement. Oh, I, and I'm, yeah, I'm content with continuing to, to stick with that, that statement. I no, I mean I'm, I'm saying that's what we can continue. I'm okay. cool with continuing then to I keep Force Awakens. And number I say we put Jaws at number two. Yeah, cool. Jaws number two. I'm cool with that. This is this is a it is a and I think that this movie, like I said earlier, you can't underestimate the impact that this movie has had on right. cinema and i also don't think you can you can you know you can miss the impact that star wars has had but it's like you can't you can't think about a movie with uh, like a lot of blood and well and, and like you also gotta think about, about like Jaws. yeah star wars is the result of a bunch of sequels and that's great but it's not like in 2018 they're not making jaws ripoffs right no they definitely I, are and jaws I, had three sequels yeah that and were all bad but like 2018 not only is the meg coming out or come out has come out at this point um which is just a straight rip off of jaws but like sharknado 6 is still a thing and shark week is still a thing and like none of that would have happened if it wasn't for jaws it's, yeah. this is the movie that launched a thousand sharks yeah. so i love jaws i think it's an amazing film um and i mean this this movie also has done like a lot for weirdly enough for like yeah. shark protection because well, it caused all the research because like everything they were saying in the right. movie it, was it caused wrong. us to learn about sharks yeah you know, and it's it's important yeah. that we know that because sharks are important predators. Yeah, Jaws two was terrible. Even about Holy bigger shit. sharks, bigger sharks. Yeah, it's just it's literally the second one is is Brody again and different people, not Quint and Hooper. Obviously not Quint. Hooper doesn't come back, and it's just about like oh my god, there's a bigger shark. 
<laughs> is Santa Jaws really a part of the series? Is that canon? No. No. <laughs> I don't think so. And there was Jaws 3D. Dennis Quaid played oh yeah 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 that's it that's it i forgot about that yeah dennis quaid plays uh plays mikey the kid oh, like grown okay. up in jaws 3d it's got a 27 santa minute jaws. score i'm not seeing an article about it but my assumption is santa jaws is not canon i don't think so although i think the last sharknado comes out today just an interesting data record it does yeah tv movie 19 august 2018 so the last sharknado it's about time comes out today so what an apropos day to be recording this movie or recording this episode yes it's yeah but all i'm saying is like the the shark hype came from this. Yeah, absolutely. There was not a movie about a shark before then. I don't think so. At least not a huge groundbreaking right. blockbuster movie about a shark. Right. That is like universally adored. God. Ow. Yeah. I'm tired. Just a little bit. Well, I'm also hungry. I haven't eaten anything today. But I'm uh, okay. Cool. So so we've ranked the film. Jaws is sick. But yeah. Very so very. Jaws good. is sick, man. Um, we'll be we're recording this on Sunday. We're gonna hopefully. I guess. Did you update the list? Oh, it's all done? Yeah. Uh, I need to add uh, numbers to Return of the Jedi, but yeah. Oh, all the numbers are wrong, aren't I can they? do that right now. All the numbers are wrong. Oh, all the numbers are wrong. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're right. I, well, I was just going to say, numbers, we'll, but we'll share the new... I, mean, I can I can do um, that real quick. Like, the new list to Facebook. Right, but that's pointless to say on the episode right. because it's coming out in five days or whatever. Four days. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Return of the Jedi with numbers real quick, though, because I forgot to... Keep going to do that. It's currently just listed as Return of the Jedi. Star Wars episode colon V I Return of the Jedi. Yep, cool. So Jaws it's is so our number good. two it new really number two is movie. So good. Beat out Infinity War. Ah, uh, it is very good. But yeah, we'll be back next week without a guest again. I'm yeah, we're not gonna hard, have guests for a hard while. On that. If there's somebody you absolutely want to hear, just let us know. Um, right, but not for next week. I've just got too much going on in my life. I'm in a big period of transition right now, and uh, I already have to find time to okay. record this. You do what you got to so. do, bub, bub. But we're going to be talking about Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. She's singing about pirates. Black Pearl. It's bad luck to be singing about pirates. That's admired in this natural Consider fog. Consider them mocked. <laughs> Consider them mocked. We're just going to quote the whole We're going to be so annoying recording that movie, or recording that episode. Yeah whole thing all right anyway thank you for listening to this episode of bacon and eggs as always i've been tyler carlin and he's been ethan edgehill today we discussed jaws we actually ranked it number two on our overall list if you want to find us on instagram twitter anything like that all of the links are in the description below. But if there's one I want to encourage you to check out, it's our Twitter page, Bacon and Eggs 23. It's a ton of fun. It's a great place to get in touch with us. But if you're not a Twitter person, you definitely want to join our Facebook group. There's a link to join in the description. It's totally free for everyone forever. And if you love the show and you want to support the show, you can go to Bacon and Eggs, or I'm sorry, you can go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. And if you want to hang out with Ethan and I all the time, there's a $5 reward tier to join a Discord server. A Discord is this really cool program. It's like AOL Instant Messenger on crack. It's just a group chat that never ends. And it's amazing. And the community is wonderful. And if you have any questions about it, just let us know. We'll be happy to go through it with you and explain everything. Uh, our artwork is done by Vaishan Brandon. He works for Graphite, which is his company. Um, the link to their Twitter and Instagram is in the description as well. Uh, and his email is on his Instagram. You can get in touch with him. He's super duper great to work with and very reasonable. Um, what else? Oh, cool. I think that's it. Oh, I got nothing else then. Yeah. I'm Neat. looking for him. You have an A I'm phrase? Sure there's, sure there's one. I keep thinking Alan Silvestri, but this isn't. <laughs> yeah. It's not even his movie. Let me pull it up. I think Stephen Plotz's oh, favorite book Lord. is Jaws. Yeah. Favorite book? Have you read it? I've heard the book is terrible. No, I haven't read it. 
but I've that, like I've been told there's no need. I can't imagine it's a very good I book either. I'd be curious, but it got four stars on all those like book review websites. Yeah, did it really? I wonder if there's an audiobook. I'm sure there's an audiobook. I'm sure it's gonna be some weird old guy narrator. Listen to Jaws by Peter Benchley at audiobooks.com. I don't want audiobooks. Yeah, I want Audible. I don't want a free trial either. I just want to see Jaws on Audible. Like, Jesus Christ. Why am I at volvocars.com? <laughs> I don't know. You're looking trying at an A phrase. Why? I'm looking it up. Jaws You're looking up an A phrase. Read by Eric Steele. I've got an A phrase. Cool. All right. <laughs> okay. You didn't say that. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Okay. I'm ready. Thank you guys again for listening to Bacon and Eggs. I've been Ethan Edgehill. He's been Tyler Carlin. And until next week, on behalf of the DeGroots, Elver Hanso, and all of us here at the Dharma Initiative, thank you. Namaste. And good luck. And also Arrivederci. Anti-shark cage?